Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals back at practice today in San Jose. A busy weekend awaits against the Sharks and Seattle. Kraken pre-post intermission host Mike Benton will join us on Hockey in Washington State. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, November 19th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. Already with three points out of a possible four on the West Coast, the Capitals today return to practice in San Jose, preparing for a date with the San Jose Sharks tomorrow night. What we'll be watching for today, the status of TJ Oshie and Nick Dowd. Both skated in Anaheim the last time the team practiced together. They no doubt will get another chance to move closer to returning to the lineup when they hit the ice at practice today. One note to pass along, a leftover from the game in Los Angeles, and this is a big one. It involves John Carlson. Number 74 assisted on both Garnet Hathaway goals in the win at Staples Center. That tied him with Michael Pavanka for third all-time in team history with 418 assists. The next assist he gets, he'll stand alone in third, and right now he only trails Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom in franchise history. Kudos to John on a pretty seismic achievement happening late night out west this week. The long and winding road for the Capitals takes them to Seattle on Sunday night at the end of a four-game road trip. And here on this Friday to talk a little bit about the newest team in the NHL, studio host for the Kraken on Sports Radio KJR in Seattle, Mike Benton joining us. Mike, welcome to Caps this morning. Nice to have you here. Thank you, John, very much. Certainly appreciate the work that you do. A lot of friends around the league as well. And the great work that you guys pull off every day. It's a pleasure to come join you to talk hockey once again. Tell me what it's been like for you these last few months. You were the play-by-play voice in the WHL with the Everett Silver Tips. You've lived in Washington State for some time now. You get hired by the Kraken. You've watched the NHL now come to the Pacific Northwest, and you got a great seat for all of it. What's this been like for you? Well, to say that uh, it's been a big, big climb for a long time up the mountain is kind of an understatement. Uh, I've been doing this here for about 16 years previously with the Western Hockey League, as you said, the Everest Silver Tips, and then before that in the ECHL with the Stockton Thunder, then the Alaska Aces, and listening to some great people like you and always taking notes to find out uh, what I can do to make myself better and increase my chances of uh, landing a dream job. So when this whole operation began getting bigger and bigger in the last calendar year, had a great chance to network with some people, and then when the time came for the radio rights to get firmed up and be put in place, the conversations began and it led to with some great people uh, around the station ever fits you and the talk was 
How would you like to jump on board and tell the story, you know, from the pregame intermission, postgame host side? So to get a chance to do this here in a place that I've called home now for six years, not just ever, but I grew up here until I was about seven or eight years old. My grandmother lived here until she was about 90 years of age. My grandfather as well. My father was a high school graduate of this place. So to be around here and understand how long through friends of theirs, the waiting period to get NHL hockey here and finally see it become reality is nothing short of special. You talked a little bit there about the broadcast crew. You've got John Forslund on TV and JT Brown, Everett Fitzhugh, who did a game here a few years ago for us in Washington, yourself. How great is it? And I've always wondered this because all of us with every other team, with the exception maybe of Vegas four years ago, we all come in at different times. Joe B and Craig have been here for 25 years. I've been here for 11. I'm still the kid in the group. But what's it like (laughs) to be able to all come in at the same time, regardless of where you have been previously? to start something brand new. Well, if you're a kid, I feel like a baby at this point in this league right now. But, uh, you know, to get a chance to work with guys like John, who is just a a legend in this game and this business, JT, who has played for many years, Everett, who's just oozing energy every day, and it comes across in his calls on the air. Dave Tomlinson, new color analyst, was with, with the Canucks also for the previous few seasons on top of that. It really boils down to, There are no bad apples in this bunch. I call them teammates and you've got to pinch me and I got to pinch myself over and over to say, you know, is this real? They all have knowledge to share. They all bring something here to the table as far as their experience in this game. And we're all here to make each other better. That's what's so fun with being around this group. And the friendship has uh, certainly grown tenfold ever since we first got together for the first day of training camp. So, you know, I've always said, you know, to get a chance to, Sit down with a guy like John, who's called games for 30 plus years. When when John speaks, I listen. To hear JT share his knowledge, you know, you take notes with Everett and the access that he has and uh, what he's picking up on the road, that adds value here to the broadcast. So, you know, I like to think that every day I put myself in position to, you know, get some nuggets here and there from the team, from head coach Dave Axtell, from the players, and, you know, find a way to help them enhance what they do and what they share on the air. So it really is like a team, and we're off to a great start so far. Bigger picture, Mike, Seattle's such a good sports town, and not just with baseball and football, but MLS too. Now the NHL, hopefully one day soon, the NBA returns to Seattle as well. But what's it been like here watching this city embrace the NHL, really in a lot of senses, for the first time? With all due respect to the Metropolitans, that was a long time ago. This is an entirely different kettle of fish. It was apparent to me when I first got here in this region to call games at the major junior level in the Western Hockey League that there was something already in place that was pretty special. Getting a chance to call Everett Silvertips versus Seattle Thunderbirds games, routine sellouts. Uh, And Everett's building about 8,001 plus in uh, Seattle's building in a a suburb of Kent, routinely 6,100. And you're getting names in there who are now in the NHL like Carter Hart, Matt Barzell, Ethan Bear, Noah Jolson, etc. There are fans who have attached themselves to these players and to these teams for a very long time. Some would even go back to the days when Patrick Marlowe was suiting up in a Thunderbird sweater. And you have also, of course, brand new hockey fans attaching themselves to the Kraken because it's a new thing for them. They're seeing the bright lights of the NHL, the players who 
are among the best in the entire world and then taken away by a first-class game night entertainment experience that makes it so special. So I would say in um, a roundabout way, what makes this place so special from the sports scene is that it's not just something that you do for a two and a half hour window It's something that people around here attach themselves to emotionally. And it's also the return that these players give, whether it might be the Kraken, the Seahawks, the Mariners, the Washington Huskies, there's a lot of embrace for those who show up in the seats and really feel like a part of this experience here for teams across the board. So, you know, we've seen the NHL in place apparent that uh, when they sold 33,000 ticket deposits for a span of virtually one weekend, they sold the cap of 10,000 for about uh, an hour and a half. It seemed like there was something there that said, we're in this and we're in it here for the long haul for the NHL. It wouldn't surprise me to see the NBA also follow suit and watch out when the Mariners make the rise. When that is back toward the top, it's going to kind of feel like the mid-90s back all over again when they had Griffey, Edgar Martinez, etc. You mentioned the game night experience, Climate Pledge Arena, where the Caps will be on Sunday night to wrap up this road trip. We've seen the pictures, most notably the windows, which are awesome, looking out and being able to see outside from inside at a hockey arena. Tell us about the rink. This is a, a pretty special place, it would seem, Climate Pledge Arena. It's a, it's a pleasure to uh, have me join you, John, because I have the freedom to walk away from my set for uh, – intermission for pregame for postgame and take you down the seats uh, with my camera here and get you a chance if I can walk down a few more rows and kind of show you what this is all about. Uh, these windows are basically your way all the way to the outside at street level and from there all the way right down here to the ice where the Kraken are practicing. It is a unique experience for what they have built in this place. They didn't want to take the windows out because they know you can have some stragglers walking on by, get a look, and maybe pique their interest here for future games. You know, you had about probably one to 200 fans who are just outside these windows watching in for opening nights. And, you know, it even kind of adds into the atmosphere and the vibe. I had a, a great quote that I saved from Don Granado in Buffalo when the Sabres were here. And he said, the one thing I take away from this building is from now on, if I talk with any building engineers for future venues, I'm getting my point across. I want windows in the building. It just looks nicer. It feels better when you can have the sun from the outside, the atmosphere, and have that creep in. So, you know, for the players, it, it gives a, an extra vibe when they get on the ice here for practice. I'll be interested to see if they have a 2 o'clock game coming up against the Blackhawks. I believe it's on Martin Luther King Day. If they'll keep those windows open, some players like it, some players don't like it so much. I recall Patrick Waugh back in the day, he had a huge issue with the lights coming in here, but certainly extra sense of light and an extra sense of positive vibe, if you can, can put it that way, that uh, really sets this building apart here for the players, the fans, uh, and the coaches. On the ice, Mike, it's been a slow start. Give us your thumbnail sketch of the team, 4-11-1 after 16 games. Tough schedule coming up, including the Capitals on Sunday. It's not entirely fair to compare to Vegas and what they did in their expansion year. George McPhee did an incredible job of fleecing his fellow general managers. And unfortunately for Seattle, they kind of went to school on that and maybe not much, not as much, I should say, available through the expansion draft. Where's this team as they come up on the one quarter mark of their inaugural season? I think you hit the nail on the head, at least from the expansion part where, you know, Vegas was an outlier. 
I mean, we just don't see things like that happen often in the world of sports. And, you know, it seemed as if GMs wisened up once it came to this year's expansion draft. Ron Francis had his plan in place in case there were side deals at hand. And for a lot of GMs, they just said, nah, two rows for our blood. So it's very comparable here to what other teams have gone through in expansion eras. I think I was saying earlier, it took Nashville about five years roughly to make the playoffs after they were an expansion team. It took Columbus about almost a decade to make the postseason. The Florida Panthers prior to that were the previous outlier where they were an expansion team in the the early 90s. It took three years and then boom, all the way into the cup final. But ever since then, it's just been up and down and up and down. So you look at this from a long-term plan in place. They have prospects, they have draft picks, and they also have cap space. It is a record where they want it to be absolutely not. And a lot of these players will tell you, especially the other night when they lost 4-2 to Chicago, that slow starts are hurting this team. They've now fallen behind as of that Chicago game Three consecutive games giving up the first goal. They are 0-8-2 when they trail and they give up the first goal of the game. They hadn't led previously since 12 days prior when they got up 2-1 in Vegas. Yanni Gord scored a goal late in period two, and the Golden Knights came right back down the ice roughly 15 seconds later and tied the game. So this is a test of confidence and of psychology here for this team. They're obviously squeezing sticks a little bit tight at this point, and you just feel once they get a couple – Dirty area goals to produce a win. Things are going to ease up a little bit. But certainly, this is going to be a tough stretch to prove if they can hang around here in this playoff picture. Of course, we know that the quarter pole or the Thanksgiving mark, that separates a lot of teams as far as who's in contention and who's out of it or even just fighting uphill. So here for the Kraken, they have the Capitals after that, the Carolina Hurricanes, then on the road to Tampa Bay and to Florida So we'll see if they can pass that test and uh, pick up points eventually here as they get into December. Well, Mike, we appreciate you joining us here and taking a few minutes to give us the thumbnail sketch of what is going on. Exciting times in Seattle and the Caps happy to be a part of it on Sunday night. Thanks for joining us, sir. Always a pleasure, John. Thank you. Appreciate the insights from Mike Benton, pre-post intermission host on Sports Radio KJR in Seattle and the Kraken Audio Network as the Caps finish the Western Swing Sunday in Washington State. Up first, though, it's the Caps and the San Jose Sharks tomorrow at 10.30. Network airtime is at 10.15. Have a great weekend, everyone. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.